Hey, this is Mark Marin from the WTF podcast, and you're listening to PF's Tape Recorder, and I've been on that show. It's a good show, I think. I have to, I'm still figuring out how to listen to podcasts. I'm P.F. This is my tape recorder. Coming up, it's comedian Lisa Traeger. They feel like the victim for some reason. Like all these white dudes in comedy feel like they're a victim of women getting raped all the time. Like, I don't know. It's pretty frustrating. First time we spoke until Lisa had a great chat with her, uh, talked a lot about uh, women in comedy and so forth, and uh, had a great conversation. I think she was a little worried that she uh, uh, went off a little bit too much on her opinions on uh, women in comedy, but it was all great. It's all great stuff, I guarantee it. Uh, we loved it. And let me see, we have a song of the week coming up from a band called Girl Ray. But first, as always, a dumb bit. So this happened this week. Months ago, the time person of the year is 16-year-old climate change activist Greta Thunberg. And if you're like me, the first thought that popped into your head is people are going to lose their And uh, they did, including our own president, of course, uh, who, who tweeted out uh, some horrible things, uh, obviously, because because why not? He's the president, and that's what he does. But uh, what's interesting about this uh, that I noticed, I didn't know where I was going to go with this bit exactly until I was trying to find some of the audio for it, and uh, I'm going to go a little different direction here than what I originally had planned, because, you know, it's obvious how horrible it is to attack a 16-year-old girl um, when you're the president of the United States. That fact aside, I wanted to listen to something here. Here is uh, Greta Thunberg speaking to the climate conference in Madrid. Uh, I think this was about two weeks ago. In an emergency, you change your behavior. If there's a child standing in the middle of the road and cars are coming at full speed, you don't look away because it's too uncomfortable. You immediately run out and rescue that child. And without that sense of urgency, how can we, the people, understand that we are facing a real crisis? Now, you know what I'm going to do now? I think, I think you see what's coming, don't you? Here is our president uh, talking about a climate issue, uh, water conservation, uh, and, and here you go. Uh, you go into a new building or a new house or a new home, and they have standards on where you don't get water. You can't, you can't wash your hands, practically. There's so little water comes out of the faucet. And the end result is you leave the faucet on, and it takes you much longer to wash your hands. You end up using the same amount of water. So we're looking at uh, very seriously at opening up the standard. And uh, there may be some areas where we'll go the other route, desert areas. But for the most part, you have many states where they have so much water that it comes down. It's called rain, that they don't know, they don't know what to do with it. So we're going to be opening up that, I, I believe. And we're looking at uh, changing the standards very soon. All right, so here we have a 16-year-old girl from Sweden. English is her second language. It's not even her first language. Then we have a guy that whose first language is English, and he can't even speak it. Now, bear in mind, I can barely speak English myself. But then again, I'm not saying I'm, the, I'm, I'm so smart. I, use great, I have the best words. I don't have the best words. I barely muddle through this thing, and this is only a half-hour show. But anyway, I just, that just struck me funny that uh, we, you have this. If there's a child standing in the middle of the road and cars are coming at full speed, you don't look away because it's too uncomfortable. Versus this. 
you turn the faucet on in areas where there's tremendous amounts of water, where the water rushes out to sea because you could never handle it, and you don't get any water. You turn on the faucet, you don't get any water. And then there were some people on Facebook that pointed out, well, yeah, but people got all upset with that kid from the high school in Cincinnati, who actually was uh, just over the river there in, in uh, the suburbs of Cincinnati in northern Kentucky. But they got all mad at him because he, he stuck his smug little face in front of that Native American guy. And yes, true, uh, that kid did actually not—he he just stood there and looked smug, which you're allowed to do. And he, in fact, did, if you look at the whole video, look up at his buddy who was being horrible and gave him the cut motion said, dude, cut. Don't you—his buddy was doing— doing Indian chants and stuff like that, and the kids said, no, no, don't do that. But here's the thing, at least, we can take from this, is that uh, it, it, that is true. You are right. He, he didn't do anything wrong, and, and people kind of jumped on him. So maybe Greta Thunberg can sue the uh, president of the United States for $100 million. Lisa Traeger is a stand-up comedian originally from the Ukraine. Well, she moved to a Chicago land when she was very young, and she grew up in Skokie, Illinois, a suburb of Chicago. And we had a great chat with her about comedy and all kinds of other stuff here. Now it's an interview with Lisa Traeger. Hello. Hi. Hello, Lisa. How you doing? I'm good, Okay, sound like I just woke you up. Uh, no, I, I I woke up sick. Oh, uh, okay. Yeah, my yeah. my wife's in bed potentially with the flu. Is it okay if we use this uh, audio on my podcast, by the way? Yeah, of course. Okay, cool. All right, so the first thing I got to ask you is, are you an Elizabeth or is uh, Lisa, uh, Lisa your given name? I, um, I have a Russian name and it's Elizaveta. Oh, Okay. I guess it's the Russian version of Elizabeth. Gotcha. Yeah. So that's what it's Goofy. Okay. Well, I ask because my daughter is uh, Elizabeth, and she just, when she got into high school two years ago, she decided to start becoming known as Liza. And people have a hard time pronouncing it for some reason. <laughs> they pronounce it Lisa or Lisa, and they, whenever she gets her drink at Starbucks, she gets irritated with them. She's like, it, it's Liza. Like Liza, like Liza oh, with a well, Z. she better get used to it. You know, she's, yeah, she's... It's never going to stop. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Um, yeah, I get Lisa, Liz, Liza, then one time someone brought me up as Leslie. <laughs> there you go. Sometimes you just make up a whole different name to avoid the whole whole catastrophe. But, um, so you're from Chicago originally, correct? Uh, yeah, I mostly grew up in the suburbs. Okay. Me, but I started stand-up and went to college and stuff in Chicago. So Chicago land. Funny kid growing up, uh, or did you have an interest in comedy, and that's what led you to stand up, or how did all that happen? Um, I mean, I definitely was always a chatter and liked to perform, and I, you know, I talked a lot. Um, and I guess I was funny, but I never really put it together that I could do a job or something to do. I fell into it on accident. I went to go watch someone at an open mic, and while I was watching people, I was like, I think I could do that. And then I went up. Uh, bombed, and I couldn't even finish my time. And then hmm. I came back the next week, and then I've never stopped. So when you went back and for that next week, and so when you went back for that next week, did you like, uh, I guess, learn from the previous experience and come back prepared with uh, a lot of material, or yeah, did you? Okay. I wrote some jokes. And then all the guys that I knew were like, "Did you just write those?" And I was like, "Yeah." And then I, I had a great set. And I was like, "This was fun." Okay. And then um, 
that week I just found any open mic I could go to and they were all music bikes and then that Sunday because I was on a Monday and then that Sunday I found Shuba's which was a comedy open mic and I met like 50 comedians and realized it was a thing that people do and then I started going all the comedy open mics. Yeah, it's interesting how Chicago has become uh, much more of a stand-up town. It's always been known for improv, obviously. But uh, I know a lot of guys, a guy from here, Mike Cronin, he moved to Chicago and uh, is uh, big in the scene there. Uh, did you have any interest in doing the improv type of thing or was it straight into comedy? No, I took an improv class and a writing class. And then as soon as I found stand-up, I knew that that was not for me. Um so, yeah, I dabbled in it. And then a comedy club in Chicago, if you headline there, you get to go down and improvise with the Midnight Show with their, like, Second City team. And that was always fun, but that's definitely not what – that's not my heart. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. So what were you studying in college? Sociology. Okay. Which has been very helpful and useful, I believe. <laughs> has it really or is that – you pulling my leg? No, I mean, you know, it's the study of people, their environment, and how the world affects people, and I think it gives more understanding of humanity and the world around you, so, uh, you know, that heightened perspective, I guess, to write jokes and see things and understand depths of people. Like, I travel, I do the road, and I go all over, and not everyone is like me, and just having understanding of people and where they're coming from has been helpful. That's cool. So as you travel America, because I ask other comedians this who, who travel a lot, uh, do you find America is more similar to each other or, or, or do we have distinct differences or, or is it a little mix of both? Um, I think it's different. I mean, living in New York and then Chicago too, but New York especially is magic. Like things are open all day. Everyone looks different. You can do whatever you want. There's theater. There's art. There's great – I mean, there's – amazing restaurants everywhere people come here to live their dreams so there's always cool things like in the past i've been traveling a lot i was like i was here for a week in the fall and then a week right now and i went to the vet for the camp exhibit and i saw a jacqueline novak show and i saw a broadway show and an off-broadway show and it's just it's great and then when you go to the middle of the country they have nothing they don't have interesting food they have same restaurants, they don't have art, they don't have things to do, you're just, you know, in a mall or at a motel near a mall, and it's hard to transport yourself around, it's not easy, there's not Ubers all, all the time, and so I think it's access, I think places don't have as much access to the, the best things in the world. So what do you do when you are in yeah. other cities? Do you like, – I know some folks like to go to sporting events and, and go to different stadiums and arenas and other people like to seek out the, the best restaurants. And is there a, something that you do in a particular town or you just do whatever happens to come along? Um, yeah, it depends on the city. So like in Boston, I went to a baseball game. When I was in Ireland, I went to hurling. In Australia, I went to an Australian football game. I guess I dabble in sports, I would say. Um, I love going to art museums. So in Austin, I was just recently there. I went to the art museum there for modern art. So I try to do that. Um, sometimes maybe I'll go to the movies. Definitely if there's a cool restaurant or people are really into a food place, I will do that. Uh, but a lot of the times I sit in my hotel room watching Law & Order SVU, Keeping Up with huh. the Kardashians, Comedy Central, and Bravo. So sometimes I just sit 
depressed watching shows for <laughs> hours and do nothing and like try to work out or something, but just order in food and sit and wait till the show. So that's a thing too. Well, that's it's a nice variety though. So what the Australian rules football thing, was that easy to follow? Cause I, they have like all different kinds of things. Everything there is football. Soccer's football, rugby's football. There's two different rugby's, and then of course there's Australian rules football. Uh, was it easy to follow? Because I've tried to look at the rules of it before and watch it on ESPN, and I'm it's almost as baffling as cricket. I don't know if I care to follow. I guess that's the thing. I like the same stuff. Oh, so I, just... I don't need to know the rules. But I went to the hurling game with a bunch of guys, and they all YouTube videos of like what it is and what the rules. And they oh, okay. Were invested. Um, I just didn't even think to do that. Huh. There you go. Did you perform in Australia? I did, yeah. I really don't travel internationally unless it's for comedy. And I guess that's not true. I have tickets. But yeah, Australia, I've been to twice, and I'm going back again this year. And, and how did you find Australia? Because mo- Jimmy Dore famously says that's the last country that still likes us. Oh, yeah. I mean, I don't know about. He probably meant like politically or something. I don't know. Overall, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, Melbourne, to me, it's like great food. Things are open late. Kind of all the things I really love about New York um, and Chicago are there. Things are open until four or five, hidden bars. Amazing art museums. You're on the water. Easy transport. Like I like. I love it there. Yeah, it's really fun. Um, and I'm gonna go for a full month. And Sydney's cool. I mean, it's just yeah, it's a treat to be able to go everywhere. And Sydney, I got tattoos. Sometimes I get tattoos. Oh, travel. That's cool. That's another thing. And yeah. Is it? Does the place inspire you to get one, or is it something that's happened, or what's? How does that come well, about? I mean, I just have a lot of tattoos. It's kind of what I do. So. If, like someone else wants to get one or I have to shop and I have hours to kill or I have something in my mind. The Sydney one I made an appointment for a lot, like months before because it was the same. I love the tattoo artist and she tattooed Wiley Cyrus, who's my favorite. So it worked out. So I know a lot of your stuff is like slice of life stuff and, you know, drawn from your own experiences. But what are you talking about on stage these days in, in particular? Again, yeah, it's like about my life, about myself. I always have like feminist leading jokes and kind of teardowns of the patriarchy. All my specials and albums, I feel like, have really, yeah, insightful jokes about, like I said, so, like I learned a lot in sociology and at the world. So I do try to make jokes and make sense of things that I think are unfair in the world or I think are fucked up, or, you know, not the way I'd like them. So I like to do jokes like that and trap people into laughing at my great points. Um, but usually, yeah, it's like my parents, I feel like I'm pretty dirty. Um, but yeah, it's life when I see my friends. You know, right now I talk a lot about my addictions and therapy. And, yeah. And do you think things that have... Me. I actually have a joke now about traveling the country and how... <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, about my life, feminism, and dirty stuff. Like, uh, yeah. So as a feminist, have, have things overall gotten better, you think, as society has become more aware or, or only select parts of society aware? Because it, it, it seems like whenever we see things happening, we're like, what, don't people know better by now? And I, it turns out they don't. No, about awareness is, like, my experience with so many dudes is they, and white people, honestly, um, it's like they 
they feel like the victim for some reason. <laughs> like all these white dudes that do comedy <laughs> feel like they're a victim of women getting raped all the time. Like, I don't know. It's pretty frustrating. I think men are aware. I think they know. I think gaslighting is real. I've been having, I've been a feminist for a long time, like since I was in seventh grade. I've been an all boys football team. I've been pretty invested in women's history, I guess, and uh, the patriarchy. So, I've been having these conversations with men, I would say, since seventh grade. And they don't want to learn. They don't want to change. They don't want to take accountability. They want to rile you up, waste your time, you know, find devil's advocate, find some, you know, well, what about this, and sort of seeing a bigger picture. And I'm tired of it. So maybe people are more aware of it, but they're pretty dumb, and I hate, I hate it. Like, I'll sit at this, you know, with a bunch of comics, and you'll hear, like, but why didn't she go to the police? And it's like, you're <laughs> a fucking idiot. And if you don't know those things, then, like, why don't you learn? Like, why is it our responsibility? It's really, really crazy to me. And, you know, I'll sit there, and they'll be like, I was just excited. I went to the doctor's office, and it was all black women working there. So I made a comment. I was like, oh, my God, my doctor's office had all black women. And this beloved comic, who's, like, known as, like, a sweet boy, was like, oh, yeah, because white guys were the worst, as long as it's not a white guy. And it's like, this has nothing to do with you. I don't know if you've read, but, like, black women die constantly, and women die constantly at the hands of doctors because they're not listened to, and they're not trusted, they're not given the care that they should be. And so, you know, if you want to go to a white guy doctor, you can. And why don't we have some black female doctors so women aren't dying constantly? And it's, like, little things like that, and they add up, and it's daily, and it's constantly, and it's, like, a decade in comedy, and you just see, I don't... I don't, maybe they're aware, but they think that they're victims because now they think, well, you have to be a minority and a woman to get stuff and they're just not into white men and they cannot take into account that they're not good enough. They're just not funny enough. They're not unique enough. They're not smart enough. They're not good enough. But instead, it's, well, those black people got it because they're black versus like, oh, they're funny and they're just, you know, I didn't get it. Yeah. But they feel like they So like, no one else deserves it. They get it because of their otherism, but they deserve it. And I think a lot of them suck. So, <laughs> I mean, I can only go off of my experience and my conversations. I don't know how other people have changed and have become better in the world and more understanding. But I'm surrounded by fucking idiots who think <laughs> they are a victim of something, you know? Yeah. I'll get hugged and be like, oh, can I even do that now? Me too. And it's like, actually, I don't want you to fucking touch me. You don't even say my name right. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's like constant little things. So, I don't know. I think men always know. This idea of, like, ignorance is bullshit. I don't believe in it. You know, like, someone grabbing you by the back to see how the cheat or say something, it's like, they wouldn't do that to men. They wouldn't. They know what they're doing. And I don't believe this, like, oh, I had no clue. You know. You guys know. And you want the power. And it's fine. You know what I mean? I understand it. Yeah. But I do not think things have gotten great. I mean, Dr. Blasey Ford, fuck. You know what I mean? Like, Brett Kavanaugh's on the Supreme Court, and we have this woman who can't even work anymore or live in a house because of death threats. And that trickles down. That's like the most famous case that's probably happened in the decade. And then go down. It's not, nothing is better for women that come forward or say anything. Harvey Weinstein was at that comedy show and people were booing the comic that tried to comment on it. It's like superficial bullshit changes. It's H&M selling t-shirts that say feminism. I don't think things are different yeah well, a lot of work to be done uh for sure and i'm an old white guy and i'm still surprised that like you know uh, people oh will say oh no yeah and you, you think you're aware and you find out that that you're not but at least you know uh i guess you have to be open to the fact that you're not or woke as the young people say but um 
I, I, I feel yeah, like... Yeah, you know, I do it in shit. You know, I have to learn. I'm a fucking... I'm a white person that... Um, what's it called? Benefits for my privilege and I mess up and I do things that are not... You know, get, like, you have to take accountability. You can't just be like, oh, well, now I can't pay this or I can't, like, no. What? Yeah. Like, you have to take account of what is happening in the fucking world outside of your limited yep. experience. But I guess if you're talking better, I would say, like, back in the day, you wouldn't be able to bring a woman opener. They wouldn't want two women on a show. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So, like, yeah, they have more women on shows now. And I think the networks are being more vigilant of, like, who they give opportunities to. Well, I, I feel I've gotten you riled up here, but uh, I appreciate you taking the time. I've got to get this. I'm not riled up. I mean, <laughs> this is like a constant conversation. And that's oh, yeah. Too. And I kind of stopped talking about all this. I went to a Ms. Foundation event and Ava DuVernay, I think this is like a Maya Angelou quote, but she was just saying how like the powerful, they keep you busy talking about your inequality and our fairness and, they, and explaining yourself. And you're so busy explaining explaining and justifying your experience that you're not creating and you're not succeeding and you're not killing it. So I'm done. Like I actually, I stopped talking to tons of people. I, I don't want to have these discussions anymore. I'm busy. You know, I'm, I have work to do. I have comedy to write. So like, yep. I, I kind of backed out of talking to people cause I don't give a fuck. Well, appreciate yeah. appreciate you taking the time talking to us today. Uh, this will be in print and online and city pages the week that you are in Minneapolis. Oh no! We got I got all kind of stuff at the beginning too. We can talk about about traveling and, and all the other, all the other fun stuff. So uh, they only give me 150 words. So, but if you're in Cincinnati anytime soon, I, I'll use the uh, I can use the article for uh, the interview for that as well. Wait for what? Cincinnati. If you're ever in Cincinnati. Right. Yeah. I do, but I have like one night there. Okay. Are you asking if I've been to Cincinnati? If you're going to be coming to Cincinnati anytime soon. I can use the interview for that oh, as well. Ah, uh, uh, bummer. Be great to see you here. All right. Well, take care of yourself. Yeah. Got plenty of rest. Skyline chili. There you go. Yeah. Uh, well, wear that wear that illness down with lots of daytime TV, uh, and uh, and and hope hope you feel better soon. Thank you so much. All right. Thanks, Lisa. Thank you. All right. Bye-bye. Bye bye. Bye. Thanks again to Lisa Traeger for being on the show. And as I mentioned, uh, our own Liza spells her name the exact same way. So uh, even more confusion there. But um, our Liza, and speaking of our Liza and uh, Check Check Hey fangirl, uh, uh, um, my oldest, we're, they're going to be on in either a week or two weeks. We're going to do our top five, which is really our top six of 2019. So look forward to that. And let me see. And as for uh, Lisa Traeger... Uh, she has no shows upcoming, at least according to her website, but if anything you need, Lisa Traeger-wise, just go to glittercheese.com, and you'll find out all you need to know. I'm sure she'll post the upcoming shows for 2020 that she has very soon. All right. So, we're up to our song of the week, our song of the week. Uh, yes, it's, I only find new stuff, basically, from a couple of places. BBC Radio, either one or six. Uh, walking around a store, occasionally NPR, and that's really about it. Um, or uh, occasionally... Um, uh, from one of the girls, though their Spotify suggestions and playlists sometimes will tip us off to a good band. Uh, in fact, I think next week's band uh, is came from came to us via that route. But this week's band comes to us because it's on the uh, BBC Radio Six 
music playlist currently. It's a uh, a band from uh, North London or North London, as we say. They're from North London. Yeah, it's a, b- a couple of birds. It's a f- it's free birds actually, and uh, they're called Girl Ray. Uh, and uh, it's a bit like I'm in it. No, not at all. Not at all. I came except for the fact that three girls. Anyway, um, Girl Ray is th- are three ladies from North London. The song is called Girl, and it has um. I was going to say it kind of sounded more like Lush, if you remember them back then, but now as I think about it, it doesn't sound like Lush at all. I'm trying to, it, uh, it's it got a nice um, retro-y, keyboard-y sound you're going to hear, which is coming back and I'm, I'm digging lately. So uh, this is our song of the week. It is called Girl. It is from Girl Ray on PS Tape Recorder. So long and thanks for listening. Thanks for listening.